This episode of That Record Got Me High is sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic, features absurdist humor and seriously silly amusement key to the sophisticated palette of discerning listeners like you. Visit isthistomorrow.com. You'll find hours of archived entertainment, hundreds of comics to distract from work, responsibilities, or just the existential pain of being alive. Dig through the archive for special Halloween comics, autobiographical strips, and even some in Anaglyph 3D. New strip every Monday, now in color. Isthistomorrow.com Red light, yeah, we're recording. You'll know. Everybody talk at once. Everybody talk. Hey, 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 hey what's what are we doing? Yeah, 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 right. One, two, Can I curse? I know I can't. Yeah, you can curse. You haven't heard cursing on the podcast. You haven't listened to it. I have. So, all right. PG rated. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That's lovely Barry Stock over there. That's Rob Elba. <laughs> and uh, today in our studio, in the Brian Franklin studio, we have a special guest. It in is Western Florida. Lovely in, Western Florida. In Western Florida, we have Mr. Joey Maya in I'm the studio. I'm in love with the rock and roll world, Rob. <laughs> That's Joey Maya. Uh, how you doing, Joey? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Oh, happy to have you, Joey. Well, per- you know, you paid us, so we had to have you yeah, on. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Can I get it from up? From under the table now? <laughs> yeah. All right, so for those of you who don't know who Joey is, all right, Joey Maya played in the legendary um, Reaction, South Florida band, The Reactions, when he was a teenager. He was like a teenage kid, and he played in this band, The Reactions, which were basically like the buzz, like the South Florida Buzzcocks. They were one of the greatest bands to come out of uh, the South Florida punk scene. And then Joey, as still a teenager, went on to play to tour with Battalion of Saints, uh, you you uh, you played with um, Circus of Power, and uh, Joey has a book out now, right? What's the name of your book, Joey? The Drummer of Miami Beach, which happens to be the story of Joey Wrecked. Joey Wrecked. That was Joey's punk name back in the day. And uh, and this, just to be clear, Joey, this is the last we're going to talk about your goddamn book, because all you've been doing is talking about it for the past two weeks. So. The only reason I came on this effing <laughs> show... You could curse. You could curse. I know. Let's talk about your book. And it really is. It's a great book, and it tells it just tells your story, which is an amazing story. Like I said, playing in these like amazing bands as still a teenager... And uh, and just eventually um, becoming what you are now, whatever the hell you are now, you do some kind of uh, finance, high finance things. Oh, uh, uh, yep. I, as I Barry, don't if you need like any um, trading, um, yeah, bond sure. trading or anything, I was yeah, about that today, yeah. <laughs> to help you with your bonds. Sure, my bonds. Yeah, <laughs> drop past that bonds. bonds. That's what the guy I drop past on Andrews <laughs> Avenue, right? Bonds. It says. Bail bonds. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, All right. So, let's, let's not complicate this. So you were on the show. Why are you really on the show? What are we talking about, Joey? To, oh, you know what? I've listened to all your episodes, and I've never heard you guys talk about the, about the clash, and I couldn't believe it. So, <laughs> Well, they were coming. Well, right. They were coming. But Somebody had to, it. yeah, you know. The so gateway band to all of us punk rockers is actually, the clash. Yeah, actually... I have mentioned The Clash and London Calling as my gateway right, right. record. I think everyone, because we're all around the same age and everyone sure. around our age, The Clash, if you were into the kind of music we like, The Clash were like a huge, That's a right. huge band. So this is, so we're doing uh, the, the first Clash record, but we're doing, which I know was <laughs> the, the first one we all got was the U.S. US version. The US yeah, yeah, version. right. Which actually, the, this record came out on CBS Records in the U.K. in April 19... 19- 77. That's right. But the U.S. version that we all got to hear didn't come out. Much, much later. Much later. 79. 79. That's right. 
and they, and they added some. They took some songs out. Yeah, it's but basically, oddly, you know, it's got some similarities with actually "Tattoo You," the record we did last week, in that it's a mishmash. It's a mishmash of, that right, they right. of their earlier, um, the first record from the UK is much more like the Clash of 1977, where yeah, you go more straight raw, right? right? More raw, less world influences, and just like. The the guitars are raw, the drumming's right. It's Terry chimes instead of yeah. you know. What did you say uh, to me, Joey? Do you remember when I asked you? I said, "Are we doing? Do you want to do the U.S. or the so U.K.?" The, do you remember what you said? So, well, uh, well, the the U.K. version sucks, is what yeah. I <laughs> probably said. Actually, I was listening to it on the way out here. It, it doesn't suck. It's just different. It's just not what we're. It's not the but record the, we're yeah, used to. Yeah, right. It's not the one we're used to. But the songs. I don't miss the songs that are on there. I guess because I never grew. Well, the to ones that well, Protex Blue and 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 uh, Cheat uh, deny the, deny the, those they're okay songs, but they okay. never played them again. So right. you're, you're so, saying they re-recorded some of these songs? No, from the US no, 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 no. They didn't. They the didn't mixes re-recorded. are a little different. So it's the same drummer, for, except for yes, White Right. Except for White, White, White Right's a different version, a different version, which yeah. version is actually good on the UK version. Yeah, um, but this is good. I don't know. This one I'm partial to because I've heard too. it. Me too. when you hear uh, it because you think, times, you know, you yeah. think Clash City Rockers is like, oh, this is their, how they, you know, when this is from 77 or 76, and it's not. It was recorded, I think, after Give Them Enough Rope. So, right, right. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so some of this, it's a real mishmash, but it makes a really great record. But this is their first record. It is. It's, it's the, basically it, their first record, but it's got some. But stuff somebody on called there. me out because it's not their first oh, record. They came one out of our the, insufferable fans. Insufferable, <laughs> um, nitpicking, hair splitting fans. Yeah, it, the, give them enough rope. Actually, came out before this in the U.S. So my, the order I got these records was: I got London Calling, and then I got this one, which came out in '79, and then I got. Give them enough rope. So I worked backwards oh, from okay. 80, 79, and so 78. How about you, Joey? Was this like your first foray into the class? But give them, I, I, ironically, I bought Give Them Enough Rope and this one at the same time. Oh, at the same okay. time. But okay. I always thought, not knowing we didn't have you know the internet to, right, learn, right. to sound smart. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I didn't know. <laughs> so I thought that Give Them Enough Rope was their first album, as far uh, as right, I always okay. knew. Sure. Right. It's right, the first right. one you saw in the store, for sure, right. here. Yep. But... The English version, the UK version of the first Clash album was a huge seller from an import perspective and sold like 100,000 copies. Right, as an import. As an import. Yeah, yeah. So um, they put this out. It's just a weird, it's kind of like one of those Beatles US things, you know, where they did the the Beatles records were all kind of screwed around with. And ironically, I read that the manager held it back because he didn't think that they were ready for... The U.S. <laughs> audiences, <laughs> and, yeah, well, their manager, yeah, their manager did was a was a strange Bernard, Bernard Rhodes, yeah, Bernie. Yeah. That said, once I the first time I heard this album, I had no fucking idea what I was listening to. God, he's cursing. <laughs> you said I could use. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can. No, you, you can. can. Yeah, the F word, not the N word. You said. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, nerd. Yes. So when you heard this, you heard. Uh, so th- this obviously this was the record that stood out to you more than uh, Give Him Enough Rope. I loved Give Him Enough Rope, but this is the, the this is the record that got me high for sure this is right, the, right, this right. is the song that at the album when i first listened to it i had no idea what i was hearing i didn't like it i i, I right I, right i said to isaac who was with me i said you know what is this and it's like uh it was like a slow burn I, it was it was you know we're used to listening to joe jackson and elvis costello and you know talking about girls and the beat and and you know things like that right and all of a sudden you got these guys with a different sound and they're talking about careers and politics, yeah. and, it, and it was over our head. But as you get older, you realize that that's really cool, and that and that's you know a lot deeper. Right. 
and it like got under your skin. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I was See, that's hooked. That's cool. I, 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 that's happened to me with records too. Like the first time sure. I heard. Um, yeah, yeah. The, Velvet Underground and uh, sure you know it's like, like I, I didn't time, know what to make of it. No, yeah. white, white light, white heat. I was like, man, this is really raw and distorted. Right. Sound like what's going on? You know, right? right. But it but just that's eventually you that go, oh yeah, that's, yeah, it does. Get it. That's and, how it I like. And to know? use a wine analogy, since I've seen Barry at the uh, at the at the wine shop, Hollywood yes, Vine, Hollywood right. Shout Vine, out to Hollywood Vine. So you know, best a, a, place to drink in Hollywood for for my wife and I. Yes. So you can drink like a, an inexpensive wine and you might like it immediately and you might drink an expensive wine and you may not like it immediately, but that expensive wine starts to change, starts to have layers of depth to it right. and it becomes, you know, what it is, a brilliant wine. Oh, so this so album... just sounds like such a pretentious wine guy. I, I told you I was a, a nerd. <laughs> you really are. Yeah. That's okay. No, go ahead. Please continue. No, that, that, that's it. So that's what this uh, album was. That at first I didn't understand it. It wasn't like an easy drink. It wasn't right. like, no, that is true. It wasn't like, like a fine let wine. Let me into your life. Right. You know, right. didn't yeah, have that. You're, you're, you're right. It is the first time I heard it. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, this is really it's it's raw and it's um especially the songs that you can tell are uh really recorded in like '77. Right. Are much more like they're just um the textures are really rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and then the the clash got they got definitely more suave as they Oh, they they did and they, they almost and it's always like the thing with the even though this is known as like probably one of the greatest punk albums ever, the clash to me weren't just punk is like so limiting for them because so soon after this they became so much more than punk. Right. It was they just did. like yeah, great sure. they were just a great band yeah. and great musicians. And I, I don't know. I always thought the punk thing was kind of was a, a kind of something they sort of fell into, which a lot of bands at the time did. Bands like the uh, Stranglers, yeah, and sure, stuff. they were bands they were, yeah. that, that you couldn't categorize, but they Correct. were they were very, yeah. they were great bands, and but they were different than the classic rock bands. So yeah, they, but, a lot of them got lumped in. Right. Punk. Well, a lot of the, those early groups, like the, we, what can, it was what you're thinking of is the more formulaic punk that came later. Right, right. So, Sex Pistols. Well, the Sex Pistols weren't formulaic either. They just were, they didn't, they had this particular sound. And it they was, were more, but still I would They still were more metal. More, they were the they quintessential were, punk band. They, 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 yeah. This, the Clash definitely had more like, this more like weird, raw energy. And Joe Strummer is this, you know, the vocalist right. is, you know, so intense. It was too smart to be punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely smart. very, definitely very smart. Clever. And the cl- smart guys. the thing is, the, the music, the music, and the lyrics were also the Sex right. Pistols had a bass player that never learned how to play bass, and the Clash had a bass player that didn't really know how to play bass at first, but he, but he yeah, eventually Paul, Paul, learned but, to, to become a fine yeah, bass player. Well, but no, yeah, never, well, never. However, the original Sex Pistols bass player was Glenn Matlock, who right, was right, actually a true. good bass player, best musician. He was and probably they, the best they musician. They tossed him. Which is why they got they, rid of him? They got rid of him because he was too good a bass player. Now, let me ask you something. You guys both something about this record because you both bought the U.S. version of the record like me. Did your version have the single in it, an extra single? Yeah. It ha- <laughs> did. Did yours which, have it? Do which, you remember? It had his um, groovy times. Yeah, and, I have it. Uh, Gates, Gates of the, the West. West. I, I still have it. Okay, yeah. So they all. I guess all the ones we got had that, that single. I, I got. Yeah, mine had it in there. They're too, not yeah. that. That. Maybe I got to give it another chance, but they're it's more. Not that good. It's more like it, it, they're like both less punk than right. the record itself, but they're good songs. See, that's the thing. Well, Groovy Times is a Mick Jones song, right? Groovy yeah. Times. Oh yeah, it's got yeah, that definitely. Mick Jones definitely. sound. 
and, and uh, they uh, those songs reappeared on Black Market Clash. I think the EP that came out later. Oh yeah, right, right. right which, which is which is great. It's and that Armageddon time. Super Black. Then then there's well, Super Black Market right, Clash. Which is, is the, the shit, yeah. man. That's great. Yeah. That's got everything. Yeah. I saw a picture of that on the internet. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> is that was that available in the United States? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because that's what one of my favorite Clash songs is Armageddon time. Me too. And that's only on Black Market Clash. Right, I think, right, right. right. Yeah. And then there's a live version on the concert yeah, for well, Campuchia. Right. Exactly. If you want to be a completist. completist. Um, all right, so this got both uh, Terry Chimes and uh, a Topper Hedden, Hedden yeah. play on this record. Uh, uh, Nikki uh, Topper Hedden. The cover, by the way, we just should talk about the cover. The cover is so punk rock, <laughs> yeah. the picture. And it only shows the three of them because by this point, Terry Chimes, who is on the record as what? Tory Crimes. Tory Crimes, that's right. Uh, he had already announced he didn't want to be in the band anymore, so that's why just the three of them are on there. And then some of the newer songs, uh, Topper, who Topper was a much better as a drummer. He was, he was. a much better drummer. Right? Yeah. So I, in, in my book, there, there's a whole page on the drummers of the Clash because I was at their concert. Yeah, at the that's Fox, right. Yeah, this is in your book. And, and I'm and I'm story. sitting, I'm watching the Clash play, and and they sucked, and I'm wondering. <laughs> This band sucks. My favorite band in, in the, on the planet. Right. Sucks. But you saw. You must have saw them on a on a bad night, though, right? Like an off night. I, I don't know. If, it was what the drummer. Was it was the drummer. It was all about the drummer. Oh, okay. What What year was it? Like you must have been. 81. Okay. Well, by that, yeah. Topper, Topper was into his. Uh, he had some issues by that. Point. No, no. But he yeah. saw them when Topper left, and Ch- Terry came back. Terry chimed. Oh, okay. So he was a he was right. a he junkie. Was a fill-in. Yeah. yeah. He was either a junkie or in rehab or arrested and didn't get into the all United those things. States. Yeah. Yeah. All so those things. Terry. <laughs> and Terry, you know, I don't. You know, I think the Topper was just a superior drummer. Well, Topper was a superior. I was. I was musician. Yeah. He was probably the best musician in the true, class. Well, yeah, was, uh, he had been in like. A, yeah, he had like bands before the Clash, where he he considered the Clash as just sort of a stepping stone, and then he ended up staying with. <laughs> right, them. right. But he was a yeah. He was a really. He was amazing one of the musician. reasons that I was looking forward to see that to seeing that oh, concert. Oh, and then you see Terry Topper, James he, instead. It was like what what happened? It's like they pulled the rug from me, man. It was. It was horrible. Was that like the it was, was that like the cut the crap tour or is that no like, combat uh, combat rock? It was yeah. combat rock. Yeah, they passed. They they peaked. London Calling was the peak, pretty much. Yep. And yeah. After that, you know, cut Sandinista down to a single record. Uh, I still, I love Sandinista. Really? I still, I do. I yeah, love. I love the. Whole, I love all way off three off records. Uh, no, I love all three records. I'm not, yeah, off. I'm not off. It makes a great <laughs> single album. Oh, you're off. And, <laughs> not just not for that reason. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a fourth <laughs> album if they would have added it. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So let's get into this uh, record right now. Right. Uh, the first song is the song that wasn't on the original one, but it's no. a great song. Clash City Rockers throws down the gauntlet. You know, it's about it's about myth building for the Clash. Yeah, and it's the first of many. They did many songs, sort of self uh, yeah, mythologizing. Yeah, they also had um, Four Horsemen. This is Radio Clash. Yeah, Four Horsemen. Exactly. Right. Now this song, the opening riff is what? It's mind you of what? Oh, uh, uh, can't explain. Can't explain the Who's first, which was their first single. Can't explain the Who's first. Single. Yeah, there you explain. go. Yeah. So it's and it's got a couple of extra chords after it, but it's got that sound. Basically, yeah. So yeah, but this and this song is kind of like when you heard this, Joey. This song rocks. So I was about to say it's beat you on the head and and it's it's punk rock. This this is is a quintessential oh, yeah. punk rock it song. Is. It is right, sure exactly. And uh, so also um, uh, in the middle part of it, it's got the uh, it's based on a nursery rhyme, the old nursery rhyme, oranges and lemons. It says oranges and lemons, say the bells of St. Clemens. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Which is also uh, I remember at the time when I heard this because I had just read. 
1984, the book 1984. And remember, that go. was oh, the yes. there too. And it was so chilling at the end because the last lines, and here comes a candle to light you to bed, and here comes the chopper to chop up your, your head. head. Yeah. So, but in, uh, so what about that punk rock line? Oh, shut your mouth and pretend you enjoy, enjoy it. it. Oh, sure, yeah. It's punk, baby. Well, yeah, he's talking yeah, about yeah. Poli- political. You know, we had a discussion about British politics last week, and it, I was I, yeah, I was uh, criticized for my <clears throat> Wikipedia provided interpretation of a Rolling <laughs> song. But the pump, fun. but England at the time was, you know, unemployment was really high. Everybody was on the people were on the dole. There were no jobs. If they offered you a job, it was a fucking shitty job. Like comes up later, you know, career opportunities on this same record. And uh, Which the Stones were looking at that from a slightly different perspective, as a but they were. Oh yeah, <laughs> do you think <laughs> commenting on Thatcher's England? You know, and uh, and there is a Stones connection actually on this record. Some that we'll get to. Oh, but um, all right. So they, he changed. So as far as the poetry thing, though, he changed it to say uh, like sort of modern rock guys. So he yeah, said, you owe me a move. Say the bells of Saint Groove. Come on and show me. Say the bells of oh, Old Bowie. Yeah, right. And this is my favorite. When I am fitter. Say the, the bells, bells of, of Gary, Gary Glitter. Glitter. And that was before everybody knew about Gary's I, problem. <laughs> yes, which it takes on a whole new meaning yeah, now. Gar- the unredeemable Gary Glitter. Oh. What if the, I guess they probably don't play Rock and Roll Part 2 anymore at stadiums there, do they? I don't know. Remember how it used to it'd be like even here they would play Rock and Roll Part 2? That Gary Glitter instrumental. Yeah. And no, we don't. Gary Glitter's a pariah. He became a pariah. pariah. For a good reason. For yeah, me. exactly. <laughs> you know about that, Joey? This is you guys are breaking this down on a different level now. Oh, okay, that's better. You guys are, we'll, we'll, can I use, can I use the N word? We'll tell you about it after. We'll, that, sh- we'll Barry, show you. Can I use the N word now? Nerd, 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 yes, nerd. You are, you are a nerd, but how could you be a nerd? You were like this, this, this rock kid drummer when you that tried to put people into boxes. That's, that's true. That's true. You are you a nerd. Know. You should because, know. Because yeah, yeah. I, I read your book. He actually is a nerd because all the time while well, he's touring with Battalion of Saints and then he's g- going to school at the same time. He's taking classes and shit and like hard class, like French. <laughs> yeah. And working as a uh, topless dancer. Portfo- portfolio management. So uh, you, you are a nerd. That's true. All right. So song number two is I'm So Bored with the USA, which originally was called. <laughs> I'm So Bored with You. That's right. Mick Jones and wrote it about a girl. misunderstood. Joe misunderstood what he was saying. Yeah. Right. He's <laughs> and made it obvious. I'm sure a much better song. Uh, definitely. Uh, but they're basically taking the piss out of out of the USA. Uh, it's a yeah. it's a sort of a condemnation of the um, of, about how American culture sort of seeps into the uh, right. into the world. Yankee detectives are always on the TV because killers in America work seven days a week. Yep. <laughs> it's a great line, and you know Yankee shoulder. Thank Yankee soldier. He sh- want to shoot some skag heroin. He met it in Cambodia, but now he can't, can't afford, afford a bag. bag. Um, it's a very very incisive. Uh, Observation. And he, he nails it on the head with the Yankee dollar talk to the dictators of the world with uh, what we were doing in Santanista. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. right. Yep. Of course. And this is just the beginning of them writing about that stuff and and just so, so, they so were ahead smart. Of time. Oh, they were. They really were. And um, they used to open with this with, with the U.S. When they played the U.S., they used <laughs> of to often open with this song. Oh, yeah. They were like laying the gauntlet down. Like, I'm right, sure everybody guys... went crazy. It was like, right, all right. right. Exa- yeah. A bunch yeah. of rebels, man. Well, probably some. I heard. I'm sure some people in the audience didn't didn't like it. But that's sort of that's good because that kind of uh, drew the line in the sand, you know, saying, well, this is this is how we're going to be. You know, this is how Those we are. Those are the guys that voted for Trump. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Trump fans. I don't know. Are they Clash fans? Are Trump fans Clash fans? I know. I know. Yeah. I know some Barry and I tried to keep politics out of this podcast but because you know, it just goes devolved after <laughs> that. got it 
Um, <laughs> but I do know some Republican Clash fans. I don't know if they're Trump fans, but I do know. There's a difference. Repu- yeah, no, there's a difference. Absolutely there is. Says the bond trader. <laughs> That's it. No politics. I'm, I'm all with you. All right, so we get to the third song is Remote Control. Right. Um, and uh, this song was written specifically after the the disastrous Anarchy Tour when they toured with the Sex Pistols. And basically right. just about every show ended up being canceled. canceled. Yeah, right, because nobody won because they were all these rumors. It was basically a press-driven sort of fear-mongering and yeah. plus they weren't behaving all that well but they, it wasn't they weren't but it, do you remember like Joey do you remember that like reading like I remember reading about punk rock before I actually heard anything punk the only thing I read was the uh, uh, paper clip paper yeah, yeah, yeah. safety pins safety pins right. and, and it sounded scary right it sounded yeah. like really messed up it, it yeah. wasn't smart like The Clash which is what confused me at first to be Ex- honest with you exactly yeah, that's the first it. I saw was I probably said this in the podcast apologies you know we only have a limited number of stories. We it's all right, have. Grandpa. You can tell the story again. Yeah, I saw it on TV. I was with my dad, visiting my dad in Illinois in the summertime, and we were sitting at my, my uncle's house, and the, they were watching ABC Nightline or whatever one of those shows, and then they said, uh, new musical, uh, you know, scary musical trend from England, punk rock, and they played a Stab Your Back by The Damned. I remember, and it was, this was like 76, 77, and I just remember, Man, that's really that was that was pretty intense, and because the song was scary, it yeah. was so scary. Yeah, and they, of course they picked "Stab Your Back." They right. didn't pick some other <laughs> damn no, no, song that's they, totally it's totally so innocuous, violent. Yeah, right, yeah, you know, right. New Rose or something like that. No. Right. It's definitely exciting too, and it, uh, it, to me, it was just that the line in the middle is this uh, appeal to all of us young rebellious, you know, don't like anything. Uh, rightfully so, people. Big business that don't like you, it don't like the things you do. You got no money, so, so you, you got, got no power. No power yeah. They think you're useless, and so you're a punk. And they were basically talking to us. Yeah, and that, and I think this is like one of the first times they actually mentioned the actual uh, the scene, the punk scene. It's like you're, they're yeah. actually using the word punk, and so right. you think you're useless, and so you are punk. Right. And uh, yeah, they're and, talking to us, baby. But and this song is all, but it's also very. It's kind of it's very musical and sophisticated. Yeah. And it ended up the... Well, we should mention that Mick Jones was... What was Mick Jones president of? He was a president of the Mata Hoople fan club. Right. So <laughs> you can right. always look to Mott for the inspiration for Mick's, some of right. Mick's things, his riffs and stuff. Oh, yeah. But also, Joe Strummer was a, a pub rock guy right, before exactly. this. Right, so exactly. Doing roots rock. one were... Exactly. So these guys, that's the thing, that's what I'm saying. Even though they were, they were punk, in the punk scene, these guys knew how to write songs. Exactly. And these guys knew how to write, like, good songs, catchy songs, you know, that got a... That, that were, even though they were they were heavy and they were hard driving, yep. they were still really Just Drummer was a diplomat son. What do you have? His, when- his dad was like, he grew up in like Lebanon and stuff like that. So he had world, real like world experience. So right. going back to the songs, if you don't have good songs, what do you have, Rob? Shit. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's right. You have nerds talking about nothing. That's right. Um, all right. So the, so the thing about uh, that song... Remote Control was that their label thought because it did sound not as punk and everything, they released it as a single, single. without the band's permission. Right. And the band were pissed, so they wrote this next song, which complete was included control. on yeah, Complete Control, which, which is a retaliation to their label but for releasing also, Remote Control. Also making fun of Bernie, I think, because Bernie didn't he? Bur- Bur- well, yeah, that's he, how they got the line Complete Control. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's he, a great. Story. Like demanding to the record company that we want Complete Control, and they're just <laughs> laughing like, yeah. oh, "Did yeah. he just say that?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, complete control. so when we were looking for a record label, this was my, uh, my, my my research, The Clash Getting Screwed. And this song 
was what I referenced in my head when I was talking or dealing with record labels. Oh, okay, they said okay. we'd be artistically free. <laughs> when we signed that bit of paper, yeah. yeah. This was what always went through my head when I talked to the, you know, the adults in the room. <laughs> right. When we signed that bit of paper, they said, let's make a, let's like make a lots of money and worry about it later. Yep. Um, and the bands like, I mean, I guess The Clash did do pretty much what they wanted. Um, seemed like they had artistic control. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Well, again, what they did was this, was they drew a line in the sand right away. As soon as the label put out something they didn't want, they said, no, we're going to write this goddamn song, song about you. you. And yeah. this, we want this to be the next single after it. And it was. So they basically, and they also sold records. That's the thing with The Clash, though, man. They, true, uh, true. they walked the walk. That's, they but they the also talk. sold the records, right? They did, yeah. And they did it their way. Oh, yeah, I, I, would, I think so. Through their whole career, pretty much, they did, yeah. And they did definitely didn't compromise I would say there, there's a uh, an important line at the end of the uh, at the end of the song and in my book I write well if you don't like Battalion of Saints tell us again the name of your book The Drummer of Miami Beach and where can people where can people get it anywhere books are sold yeah, but we're, we're like I got mine on Amazon. Go to Amazon, go. type in so Joey available. Maya, Barnes and Noble, Joey uh, Maya, drummer of Miami Beach. Is there a Kindle edition? A what edition? A Kindle, Kindle, absolutely. <laughs> it's very important these days. It's really great, dude. Really Where's is. the free Chinese site where I can download the PDF? You have that link? <laughs> not that I would do something like that. You know there like is that. one. <laughs> so not to change the subject, but there is a paragraph in the book. Yes, go ahead. Which uh, <laughs> subtle. Um, <laughs> What, where no, I write nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Snuck up on you. So if you don't like Battalion of Saints, you know it, it's cool. Like if, if a regular person puts on Battalion of Saints and hears George screaming and hears these crazy drumming, and they, they might be like, "What the? F cool. What the fuck is this? This is horrible. Turn it off." I mean, if you keep listening to it, then you, like, like everything else, you catch on and you realize the quality of it. So anyway, but I also then I write that you uh, probably don't like. You know Beethoven or or John Lee Hooker, um, because they've they pretty much they're trying to control you. So more profit for for them. And in the song, this is Joe Public speaking. I'm controlled in the body, yeah. controlled in the mind. That's yeah. intense. Yeah, right. yeah, it is. It is. And uh, yeah, he was good at that. Joe, uh, Joe especially is good at the end of songs, just throwing in this like extra yeah. this extra shit that sort of put it over the top. Yep. Yeah, he was he was really good at that. And uh, and then we get to the song number five, which is White Riot. And this song references... They took some flack for this because of the misunderstanding of... Oh, yeah, because could you imagine, like, now a band coming out with a song a, called not White a race, Riot? It's not no. a racist it's not, song. Of course, he's it's not like a white power thing or anything, but he's yeah. He's admiring the black community for their... Yeah, know. yeah, this is basically based off the 1976 Notting Hill riots where, where hundreds of black youths basically were fighting the police... Uh, over tensions fueled by overtly racist policing. Now, oh, no. Does that we don't sound have, no, familiar? We don't, that's, we don't have any of that right, here. Right. I mean, good Lord, Rob. So not, what are you talking about? not only is it a nod to, to, uh, to the black population, but he's actually uh, coming down on, on, on white people because... I mean, they're lazy and they won't get out. No, it. it's not that. It's that the white people that don't riot... Are, are really not part of the people in power. All the powers in the hands of people rich, rich enough, enough to, to buy, buy it. it. Yep. Right. While we walk the street, check this out, two chicken 
to even try That's it. Right. Yep, yep. Everybody's doing just what they're told to, and nobody wants to go to jail. Nobody <laughs> wants to go to jail. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm down. I could understand that, though. I don't want to go to jail. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll ride a little. But Dubin I, says he's been. Mark Dubin says he's been in jail like 15 times. Is that true? I, maybe he, he's all right in jail. I wouldn't make it in jail. I'm to say that right away. For I'm protesting a Jewish, or for Jewish assault? Kid from I don't I, think I it was. Uh, it I don't know if it was either one of those things. <laughs> I suspect it might have been. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's another story for another podcast. We'll let him podcast. explain when he's on the Yeah, he's, he's coming show. up soon. He's going to be our guest soon. All right, so this is about the halfway point, so we're going to take a little break. We're going to refresh our jink. Our what? Our drinks. Our drinks. Yeah, me and Barry have Don't been drinking. Jinx. Joey hasn't. Don't say uh, jinx. Joey's wife, uh, Robin's here. Robin joined us, and she is drinking. So Good for her. We're going to set Joey. her up with another Corona. So uh, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back with Joey Maya talking more about The Clash. Brian Franklin's Corona. (laughs) Is This Tomorrow started out as a comic that ran in the Tallahassee, Florida college paper, the Florida Flambeau, in 1991. After running a number of strips, the editor became infuriated with the content. After a strip about a bachelor party where Bonnie Rubble was killed after an argument with a pimp, ITT was no more. Luckily, many of these early strips that survived are available on the isthistomorrow.com website in the archives. The current strips are in full color and focus on current events and the absurdity of modern life. Many of the strips in the archive cover genres such as science fiction, satire, horror, biography, humor, and true crime. So make ITT the second window open on your computer at work. Is this tomorrow.com and for associated merchandise, society6.com forward slash is this tomorrow. All right, we're back. That record got me high. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we're talking to our special guest, Mr. Joey Maya. I'm still here. He's still here. And uh, we're up to song number six on the Clash Against record. Against my better judgment. Uh, no way, man. This yeah. is great. Love uh, this yeah. This uh-huh. is White Man and the Hammers, Hammersmith Right. And this is, I lo- this is one of my favorite songs in the record. And did you guys read this was also one of Joe Strummer's favorite songs he said he Oh, really? Wrote. I did he not did. know that. And this was played at his funeral. I didn't. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That was such a bad day, man. Uh, so I came home from walking the dog, and the guy just died. Uh, you know? Uh, well, we, we just, but we were very excited. Me and Joey were excited to discover that uh, Topper Hedden is indeed still alive, and Mick yeah, Jones they thought, they still thought Mick alive. Jones and no, Topper I knew Hed- Mick Jones wasn't, was still alive, but I didn't know. I thought Topper Hedden. It's the Ramones that are dead. Only one of the Clash is dead. Exactly. And Keith exactly. Richards is still alive. That's right. <laughs> but this is story. <laughs> this 20 is years, a, we will still be saying This that. is a story of Joe, Joe Strummer and um, who else? A couple of other guys went to the, this Jamaican show, and they thought it was going to be very, you know, tough and, like, authentic. Right. And, and it was like pop reggae. And, and they weren't, yeah, they were, like, unimpre- oh, they were unimpressed. They were like, this is no good. And he was also kind of like not treated that great for being the white dude <laughs> yeah. at, at the Hammersmith yeah. that night. Right. So this is what the song is about. Yeah. And he also uh, manages to get some digs in here into the whole punk scene as a whole. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, there's a line, uh, punk rockers in the UK, they won't notice anyway. They're all too busy fighting for a good place under, under the, the light. Yeah, man. Because uh, and that, man, this is early days in the punk scene, too. So Yeah. Um, so what did you think? Now, this song, this definitely, this is reggae. It starts out with a great crashing opening, yep. and then it just goes into basically like straight Reggae. Blessed by the authentic reggae master, Lee Scratch Perry. And, and they owned the song Pressure Drop, in my opinion. 
Oh yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. when they would cover, okay, I, yeah, I, okay. I, I, I like when they, you when know they would... what though the toots yeah, that bur- when that when the toots and the Maytal toots and the Maytal song comes on the real the original one that song just lifts you up to you know the class version is good but I'm gonna say that the version original. lifts me too. I for- okay. I forgot it was toots and the Maytal. I love yeah. that band. Shit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no they 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 did do reggae about as good as a they did. As a yeah. white the white right. guys. Could well, there's do. no their heart. You could tell their hearts Heart, are yeah, in, hearts it, in it. Yeah, and uh, and they really go for it. And uh, speaking, we well I just like know. the police, just like Roxanne. <laughs> well, I, I thought the was that sarcasm. No, but see, I think Me? the police sarcastic. I think the police did reggae. Good they did too. actually, actually, they, they did, did okay. and they actually yeah. did it a little with Stuart Copeland. They definitely yeah, did sure. a little, you know, jazzed it up a little. Snarky because you were. I think it's apples and oranges. No, yeah, yeah. Styles are apples and oranges. Right, exactly. But speaking of which, we were speaking, I guess, off off mic. We were speaking of the jam because right. There's a diss apparently specifically against the jam on this because he says the new groups are not. Concerned with what there is to learn, they got burnt suits. Uh, you, think you think it's, it's funny, funny turning rebellion into money? But then Strummer disavowed and said, "No, it was really more about." Um, no, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I think it was about the jam. Yeah. The jam, like the, the, the they, because their the dad time, drove them around. Yeah, but and at the time though, the jam were starting to get really. They were. The jam became jam huge in England. Really good, man. Yeah. The jam became like really. That big. first jam record is really good. Right. In the city is you know you. You watch. You see. There's live footage of the jam. Oh, they're and great. you're like, holy shit! Oh, I love the jam. I'm a, I'm they a were definitely of one jam. of our influences, but yeah, I, I sure. can't see uh, 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 Joe Strummer and and the jam getting along. They're two opposites. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mods definitely. and rockers. Yeah, right. Mods and right, rockers. Right. Sure. Um, so what else in this song? It's got a great. Uh, one of my favorite lines is. All over, people changing their votes, <laughs> along with their overcoats. If if Adolf Hitler <laughs> flew in today, they'd send a limousine anyway. Just like, yeah. How true is that, right, Joey? How yeah. fucking true is that? That's right, from the Saudi embassy. Ahead, they curse, they drive it. him out to the Saudi embassy. And, this uh, is one of the lines that makes me say, like, you know, WTF. Right. Yeah, man. Right. Awesome. Right. Just yeah, yeah. Absolutely it's awesome. Yeah. So I feel like this song, musically and lyrically... Sum up the clash like perfectly. Well, listen like, to if this. someone wanted to say, What's the clash about? Yeah. You could play them this This verse. is a prelude to Sandinista. I'm the yeah, only yeah, which I, which I, yeah, which I love Sandinista yeah, I so much. I yeah, see I, very, I, you, I feel like you probably didn't spend enough time with it. And I, I've had a, how many? A when 30, Hitsville 37. Hits so good. 37 bum, years bum, to spend bum, with bum, it. So, yeah. Bum, no, but you didn't spend a, uh, maybe uh, we 38 love, via char, maybe. We love. <laughs> okay, so this line. I'm the all-night drug-prowling wolf who looks so sick in the sun. I'm the white man in the palais just to look in for fun. That's yep. what white people go to Jamaica for, to <laughs> do drugs. Well, that's, that's <laughs> right. right. And then there's a song and they're on all pasty. Give Them Enough Rope yeah, about, yeah. you know, yep. that, about their, their, tri- homes. <laughs> their trip to Jamaica, which was a little eye-opening for the, uh, the boys in the clash. <laughs> All right, so we get the song number seven is London's Burning. Bum, ba dum bum, bum. And uh, this makes song, you want to rumble. That's yeah, yeah. This is really a, a real 
rocker, yeah, real right. punk rocker, and it's about, I guess it's about urban sprawl, about alien, urban alien. Well, yeah, and 99999 is the emergency, 999 is the emergency number in England. Okay. So you dial 999. But did you also, Barry, I, I know you're a fan of little, of finding little drug references. Did you notice, I think it's a little reference to the to the drug of choice in amphetamines when he says, I'm, I'm up and down the west way, in and out the lights, what a great traffic system, it's so bright, I can't think of a better way to spend the night than speeding around underneath uh, oh, the yellow yeah, well, lights, right? As I, I think I've probably Probably another repeated story was the Robert Fripp interview with Joe Strummer in Musician Magazine, where they where Fripp had gone to see them at their legendary. They did a legendary like four nights or maybe even a week or something at in New York. And uh, Joe says, or uh, Robert Fripp says to Joe, Joe knowingly, Joe, what? Where do you get all that energy from to, when you're up on stage? And Joe goes, orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at the clip that I, I made a little promo clip for our show. It's oh, them he's do- speeding. Oh, oh holy crap. He's he, vibrating. He's vibrating. So, yeah, meth, 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 amphetamine sulfate was the driving force in the, uh, it was the drug of, the uh, British punk rock scene. Now, Joey, Mr. Joey Maya, Joey Reck, in your book, you have you actually had a run-in with the Clash when you saw you said you saw them at that shitty gig oh, that yeah. you were disappointed because uh, Terry uh, Terry Chimes was the drummer and they weren't that great. But tell us what happened after the show. So, so not, not to give away the book, but yeah, the, the concert sucked and we left and there was an incident outside which made everybody run for cover. Uh, and then while we were running for cover, we went into a random hotel door. And there was the clash. Really? So I was with two, two, you know, attractive girls wearing, you know, punk mini skirts and fishnet stockings and all that. So I was so we were like, able sure, to get in. Come on in. We were able to get in. If it, yeah, was, sure. if it was me, hey. they would have right. hit me with sticks. Right. Right. <laughs> and I got to hung. I got to hang out with the clash. Talked with uh, with Mick Jones. Had a whole conversation. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. As that's a great. Fact. Shit. And it was quite the conversation as described in the book. Yes, it is. All right. And it's, uh, it's worth the price of admission just for that little That's story. That's right. One of our guests, Tim Moffat, hey, was in a hotel room with Pete Shelley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a whole different situation. There, there were no cute girls in fishnets. No, they, they weren't were needed, huh? No, they were not needed. <laughs> Good one. All right. So we get the song number eight. The last song, uh, side one, is I Fought the Law, this great Bobby cover Fuller four of the uh, well, not, uh, Sonny Curtis wrote the song. Yeah, it's right? the Bobby Fuller Brawl. Okay, Bobby Fuller Brawl. But this is a great cover, and this is Topper playing. You can tell Topper yeah, playing on this man. song, yeah. right? Because right. Powerful, powerful, oh, powerful, tasteful. So good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, this, and, the, right. and the original oh, yeah. version is excellent. But it is. No, theirs is better. Yeah, this is this, one where the clash definitely... Balls. Yeah, this this way, when, when you're a kid in the street and you're listening and you feel these things because the law is always well, busting each other. Joe sings with such conviction. The guy, he just... You know, when he sings, you just believe You him. can feel the spit coming out of his mouth into the microphone, right, right, right. when he's singing it. That's singing right. it with heart. Oh, That's he, right. He believes these words. 100%. All right. So we get this. So we get side two. The first song on side two was actually the first song on side one of the original British record. Yeah, now right. It's the first song Which on is, side two. And this is my favorite song on the record. Janie Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's such a good. It's such a good. It's such a simple song. It is. And it's, and it's so But good. it's so... It just, it describes every teenage, he's in love with the rock and roll world, he's in love with getting stoned world, he's in love with Janie Jones, and Janie Jones was like a porn Yeah, actress. she was a controversial cabaret singer, like right. from the 50s and 60s, 
who like she she was involved in the Paola Radio One scandal <laughs> that involved sex for airplay. Instead, uh, right, of, it wasn't of money course. for airplay; yeah, it was sex right. for airplay. And um and all the lines about you know being a, your car needs gas. Um, he's he's just but he's just like everyone. He's got a Ford Cortina. That just, just won't, won't run without fuel. fuel. Fill her up, Jacko. It's just, it's an amazing, great song about just teenage angst. And I was about to say that it's total teenage, teenage angst because it's, there's no payola in his alphabetical file. <laughs> right. This time he's going to really tell the boss. You know you're not going to tell the, the boss. Of course and, not. Right. And every time I did, I was out of work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of course. But this time he's going to really tell him exactly how he feels. Yeah, it's a great song. It's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah, bad. Man. And I love, my favorite thing about this song is right at the end when it sort of elevates and then Mick comes in and he goes, oh, let them know. Let them know. But you, you're right, Joey. He's not going to let them know, but he's telling them, let them know. Yeah, he's telling them. Uh, let them but, know how you Feel. But don't call me when they fire you. Yeah, when right. you get fired. Oh, I'm sorry, man. When you're that's tough. When you're on the dole. <laughs> Speaking of getting fired and shitty jobs. Oh, career opportunities. Career opportunities. <laughs> Very sarcastic from the from the get go. Yeah. Um, do you want to make tea at the BBC? Do you really want to be? Do you really want to be a cop? Of course, Joe Strummer is a cop. I know. And you know, at first, I, there's two ways to look at this. Because in one way, I'm thinking, well, why are you shaming people for jobs? Like, shouldn't job shame? But I don't think that's the point. I think what they're criticizing is basically demonizing people that are unemployed that can't get a good job, so they have to take. But this, whatever he said, whatever you, job, whatever yeah. we offer, you better take what we you have to offer. Better take it, yeah, exactly. Because we, exactly. you know, and. Um, they're going to have to introduce conscription. <laughs> They're going to have to take away my prescription. So to me, as a 16... If they want to get me making toys. So, yeah. As a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old listening to this song, it was kind of like a, a, a wake-up call that you ain't going to get shit and you're going to have to take drugs to deal with not getting shit. Right. It was like really adult <laughs> adult lyrics. Yeah, I was, yes. a, I was a cook at Disney World when I was listening to this. So, yeah, wow. in an employee restaurant. I was bu- bussing tables when I was listening to this. Yep, there you go. Now, so did this, would you say that this helped inspire you, though? Did you realize that at some point, if the rock and roll thing didn't work out, that you better have, you know, all you these All these lessons stayed with me for sure. They did. Yeah, and they really did. the whole did. book builds up I to. know, and that's one thing I really appreciate about the book. It is amazing. You do have, he does have an amazing story. He does, because Thank he you. actually was this, was this crazy punk rock kid that was still smart and that thought ahead and that managed to think ahead which so many people don't do and they Yeah, that do. would be you want to name two people? <laughs> Your humble <laughs> Your humble host, host Barry and Rob. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're we're you guys are we famous. Everybody has their own story. <laughs> yes, that's true. Thank you, Joey. Thank you for uh, patronizing us. Yeah, exactly. My favorite line on this song is, though, do you want to make tea at the BBC? Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> fucking hell. You just imagine, like, all day your job is like, oh, but, you know, more tea. More tea. Right. More tea. It's like the know. Who. The Who. Bus, bus, bell boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Shitty jobs, man. And uh, part of the lyrics, they said, are probably inspired by Mick Jones, an actual job he had when he says, I won't open letter bombs for you because <laughs> right. yeah because he worked as a clerical assistant yeah. at a uh, at a DHSS benefit the office yeah and and during forget. the IRA so they said man. he was like the lowest man in the terminal so they're going hey yeah, Mick go open up those See letters that one? Yeah, that there. There. <laughs> yeah the troubles were not not to be they were people are somewhat underestimated but western terrorism or it was a western civil war basically that was going on yep. 
and uh, in Northern Ireland. Now, one more quick thing about this song, which I know Joey will appreciate. There's a cool version of it on Sandinista with Mickey Gallagher was like a session musician, his two little sons singing yeah. it. I, I'm That's familiar really with good. that too, yeah. It's really cute, these two little kids singing it. And they changed some of the lyrics, so it's like instead of saying civil service rules, they say my school's rules and things like that. So it's actually, yes, I, I enjoy that. That's very so cool. So the next one is a classic, but what's my name though? Is it is punk from Soup to Nuts. Yeah, yeah what's my name? And it's also the only writing credit that the original guitar player, Keith uh, Levine, Levine. Gets, although he insists, Keith Levine says that he that he was involved in a bunch of other songs, but Joe Stormer says no, he was basically just doing drugs all the yeah. time, which is why we kicked right. him out of the band. Yeah, but then he, you know, Keith Levine made his contribution to the uh, pantheon of oh uh, yeah, PIL PIL guitar. He's amazing, but and this song, I feel like I could feel his stamp on it a little. Can you? Yeah, it's you different. Feel like it is. It is. There's a different, different kind of vibe it's on different. this. It, yeah. It's got a dark. It's got a little darker vibe to it. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is different. Wow. What the hell is wrong with me? I'm not who I want to be. I tried spot cream and I tried it all. I'm crawling up the wall. What's my name? You know, he's uh, it's um, it's dark. This is what every kid. <laughs> except, hold on, though. Except the next line. I tried to join a ping pong club. Sign on the door said all full up. I got Nick fighting in the road, and the judge he didn't even know. So. You know, he's, pathet- he's so pathetic he can't even get into the ping pong that's club. The well, it's ping a, it's pong about club. not being accepted, which every punk. I mean, you, you, be, be, now Sorry, it's man. cool. Now it's cool to be different. It's cool to be right. a nerd. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're cool if you're a geek. Right. Back that's then, true. That's back true. Then, you're it right. It was not cool. It wasn't. Yeah. You're no, right. No, I remember when my friend. And if you look the way I did, but I mean, trust me, I, I wasn't considered cool. No, I'm using I'm quotation. I, can, I can't believe you were never yeah. not cool, Joey. I was, I was Joey. a semi-jock, so I was kind of a <laughs> but my friend, oxymoron. Oh, okay. He comes up at least once every episode, my good friend, Billy Taylor, with his shocking red hair. He's a redhead. He cut his hair. We both cut our hair short because we were, you know, we punk rock. He cut his hair short, and we went to a party. And I remember this, like, sorority girl, sort or preppy girl saying to him, Billy, you look like a monkey. And he was like... <laughs> He was like, he was, I remember afterwards, he was just, agony. he was just like so pissed off. Uh, Man, I don't know what, what the fuck. She, I mean, she said I look like a monkey. Do I look, I don't look like a she monkey. Didn't mean a, she didn't mean a cute the, no, the monkey either. No, no, <laughs> I, no. I even, no, no. In, in my book, I write a story about meeting a girl on a plane, and I said she was too classy to go for a guy like me because right. I, was, I was a, you know, rock yes. and roll punk kid. And so you are a punk. But she, she went for it. Yeah, she did. She did. Oh, there, there's a lot of that in the book too. If any, if you're interested in that kind of thing, there's a lot of that kind of thing in the book. So, believe me. All right. So we get to song number twelve is Hayden War, and this is uh, Mick Jones tune. It's kind of a flip flop of the '60s hippie peace and yeah, love instead of peace and love Hayden War, but still the the same sentiment, but just delivered from a, a pessimistic point of view. Right. What about these racist words? Who wrote these words? Oh, yeah, well, especially at the end, yeah. But that's definitely, that's uh, Joe Strummer sort of uh, and it's meant playing to be a so character, right? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Playing the, the, the classic thug, like the, like the punk thug, which was probably already starting then, but now be, be, which eventually became a bad thing. Uh, Nazi, basically Nazi punks. Basically, yeah. yeah. He, he talks about WAPs. Tampa, yeah, Florida. Yeah, I hate, uh, I hate Englishmen. They're just as bad, bad as, as WAPs. I hate all the politeness. I hate all the cops. Well, any kebab Greek. I don't yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just left out the Irish people. Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, probably. Well, yeah. During that period, it was like that wasn't a joke. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> 
but this uh, Mick, uh, I love the way Mick sings this. He sings this like it's 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 just about out of his range. So he's like he's like um, he sings the fuck out of it, man. His voice is struggling yeah. to hit the notes, and it just makes him sound passionate. Yeah, yeah, really passionate. I'd love just listening to this song and listening to Mick uh, sing it the way he sings the song. Well, they got they had two they had two very distinctive songwriting styles and distinctive vocal styles, and so you get these. You get the break from the Joe Strummer kind of, you know, like intense, like uh, politics. Uh, it, politics and the and the like, you know, uh, total commitment. You get right. to make the softer, sort of the more yeah, the, feminine the sweeter, kind of thing. The yeah, sweeter, sweeter yeah. thing. Do you train, think they like, train in vain, more earnest. You know? Did they train. like each other? Do you Does think it, they liked each other? I, don't, I think there was a tension there, probably that. You Didn't know. one of them get kicked out of the band eventually, or a few yeah, times? You know Mick, what? At the uh, end, it all the fell end. apart. Yeah, it, did. You know, it fell apart. By that point, it, it was really wasn't even. The, it was you know they were just on running on fumes. I think. But this album especially is great. Uh, just about every song, you could hear them both on the songs, and you, it's very right. distinct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Push pull. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it works so well with them. And they, you know, it they does. did it throughout the whole career. They did that, but yeah, um, yeah it, it was, was like great. Isaac Baruch and Tony Super. There you go. <laughs> the great Isaac Baruch, by the way, who was in the reactions that that band that I mentioned, and also um, See he's the guy in, that paints those paintings. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, those Isaac are incredible. Baruch. Isaac Baruch, you should uh, check him out. He's on, uh, yeah. he's on Facebook, and he does some amazing... Uh, not safe for work Yeah, paintings, not safe for work paintings, but very, but awesome. very funny and, and he, funny. What was the band right after the reactions that he did? Um, the, the U.S. Furies. Well, the U.S. Furies were awesome, but there was a band... Was it after U.S. Furies when he was... At that other band with the... Religious sounding name. Oh, uh, St. Mary's Children of Salvation. St. Mary's Children of Salvation. <laughs> Which was yeah, the precursor no. to Circus of to Power. To Circus of Power, that's right. That's a good that's name, right. too, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, Circus of Power. And, I just and, know whenever so his paintings Bar- appear on my Facebook while I'm like, whoa. Whoa, well. what is that? <laughs> Barry, I write in the book of the origin of the, the name Circus of Power. Sir, all right. Okay. Yes, that's right. It's all very, Barry, you're going to have to read this book. He's going to, he's not, Joey is not going to rest until you read this book. I'm all just right. going to say that what right now. What are those now. called? Un, 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 unabashed plugs? What are they called? Yeah, that's fine. Plugs. That's, that's why, that's you know, we it. realize that there's, you know. <laughs> yes, we were warned. All right, all right. So we got the 13 songs. I drove all the way to Weston. Isn't that, we you warned. did, you did. So Robin, did I, well, I think, uh, Robin drove you. Your, your wife drove you. Well, you work here. All right. I live in Hollywood, dude. I know where you live. All right, song number 13 is an, another cover, a great cover, Police and Thieves. Oh, by the Junior Mervin. And uh, let me just say, if you've never heard the original of this song, just go on, like I say every week, go on YouTube and listen to Junior Mervin, Police and Thieves. The original, you can understand why they covered it, because the original song is Magical! It's I, such love, a great... I still like the class song, the class version better because you know what? Well, uh, Joey, me, me too. But right? I mean, because I heard first of all, I heard it so much, too so soft. many times before I did. Right? And then when I heard the other one with the falsetto and everything, it just yeah, it, it's it was, like it, flame, uh, the, 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 it's the same reason you don't like jazz. You don't get the junior. Okay, Mervin fine. Uh, it's like Shake fine. Some I'll Action by I'll Charlie Pickett. I like Charlie Pickett's version of Shake Some Action oh, better 100%. than the flaming groovies. One hundred percent. It's too soft. There's no balls there. <laughs> but Part of it's just probably also because that's what we. No, uh, that's no, what we no. Cut our teeth on I can't believe I you like just. Charlie. I can't believe you just shit all over the Flaming Gravy. I love, I love not shit on the Flaming. It's one of my top twelve songs, but I like Charlie. Pickens We're allowed to our opinions, Barry. We're allowed. <laughs> yeah, you just keep, keep it up. <laughs> The big threat. You're messing with that. This so everyone knows. That, Billy guy gonna re- replace me on the podcast. In, in, no. But wait a minute. In case anyone has any questions, I'm the one that 
edits the podcast. Uh, do, the, do the flaming groovies have a second song? I, I don't even know. You've a second never song. heard. Yeah, never Charlie heard covered Chan? that one too. You've never heard the album Slow oh, Death. Yes, yes, yes. You've never heard the album Teenage Head. I think I have it. I think it's put oh, me to sleep. Oh, you go. Oh, all right, now this is taking it up. You're gonna have to apologize right, to a let me lot just say, of people. For I, was, that. I was just poking the bee's nest. What I like. All right, let me just say this. What I love about the their version of it, the Clash version of this. Is how oh, it's they great. No, merge. No, I'm not saying it's not great. The the punk and the reggae, they they sure, they, they do. Yes, the indeed they do. It. And, and you would never know it's not a Clash song. They make it their own. Yeah, they do. And you can hear Paul Simonon just playing the <laughs> shit out of the yeah, yeah, just doing it. And you can tell it's like he's, he's just, just learned it. Yeah. and it's really hard. <laughs> exactly, you can feel that, but it's great. That's, That's part hilarious. of what makes it great. This is hilarious. Part of what makes it so great. I thought his baseline was fan, perfect, but it's yeah, but <laughs> it it's, it's probably the same baseline from the record, and he learned it. And it's just really hard to play. It is, it is. Yeah. And you could feel him at the yeah, edge of his just every like, note. Much yeah. like Mick Jones struggling to hit the notes. That's <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. so we get to song number 14. Another another great class oh, song yeah. that I love, Jail Guitar Doors. With a little MC5 reference in there. Yes, Wayne. Let me, let me Wayne tell you about Wayne. Wayne and his deals with cocaine a little more every day. Holding for our friend till the band do well. Then the DEA locked him away. Wayne Kramer got busted. He, after, this was really after the MC5. He turned into a, he started just selling drugs and uh, he got busted. Spent some time in the in the lockup. So my book happens to be right ahead of his in sales at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's you have just a compare yourself to Wayne Kramer from MC5. No, I'm talking about sales. <laughs> I'm going to give you a challenge. If you can mention your book five more times before this podcast is over, I'm going to give you like a prize or something. Jesus Christ. So all kidding aside, a, yes, a, lot of, a, a lot of bands, you're not making any money, so what are you going to do? So you, 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 you buy or sell drugs. And in my fucking yeah. book, there's yes, a whole there chapter is that. There is, yeah. there is. about well, financing our, the reactions record. By the end of the MC5, there was a reason he was selling drugs. It was because they were all drug addicts, yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't. So, so we didn't do our own stash. So basically, this song is, is had the roots back to, to the One Hundred One ers. This is uh, the music oh, for this. Oh, had yeah, in the yeah. You, and if you haven't heard the One Hundred One ers, if you think like you want to hear Joe Strummer do like roots rock, like before punk rock. Yep, he's it's pub rock. It's awesome. You just it's some really good it's stuff. Really good stuff. Now, Joey, as a drummer, do, you, do there's a little musical tidbit. You know, the beginning. It's got that uh, that yep. that hi hat. You know that that's a bent hi hat uh, symbol. That's why. Yeah, On they purpose? said it was like. Well, no, it was just they recorded it and they thought it was bent, but they go, ah, you know what? It sounds cool. Yeah, though. this so is Topper Heading too. I think this is post. This is one of the songs that was recorded much later and then ended up on the U.S. release. It was actually, um, it was the. Um, Flip side of a Clash City Rockers, actually the single. Oh right, right, okay. And and, and another ironic thing. We'll also, by the way, all three verses mention a a different guitar player character. And who's Pete? Which one's Pete? Pete is Peter. They said is most likely uh, a Fleetwood Mac's Peter Green. Oh, Peter, who became mentally unstable yeah. after taking Too LSD, much LSD yeah. and ended up in a mental hospital and gave away all his money in guitars. And the final verse, Keith. Who is he talking uh, about? Yeah, well, well. And then there's Keith. Waiting for a trial, 25,000 <laughs> bail, bail, which is him. Uh, in, in 1977, he was arrested. That was when he was arrested for the heroin, heroin. in Toronto. That's but right. The, the next line can't be about Keith. I just thought it was a, a generic term for if a, if a band member drops off for whatever reason and goes to jail, his friends will carry on anyway. They can't be talking about Keith. 
They can't be Yeah, you're talking about them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Fuck Stones without Carry on anyway. Uh, fuck them. Oh, you don't Rolling think, Stones? You don't think did Mick, you not listen Mick, to last episode? Had, you don't think did Mick would have said fuck them? The Rolling Stones <laughs> bastards. are bastards. I did hear you say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, and another... Did they kill Brian Jones, though? <laughs> nah, Brian did himself. And I think that Brian was... Solely responsible. So maybe he was drowning and no one helped him. Another, <laughs> that's that's possible. That's Theory. possible. Another quick trivia. That's, that's awesome. In 2007, Ooh, listen. In 2007, Billy Bragg started an organization called Jail Guitar Doors, yep. uh, which he named after this song. And the mission was to supply musical gear, especially guitars, to uh, prisoners yeah. to help them rehabilitate. And it was started in the UK, but two years later, Wayne Kramer joined the effort, and he's a big uh, uh, Joe yeah. Guitar Doors guy. So how it's, awesome is that? Yep. He's referenced in the song. I wonder if that's in his book. And if you give a chance, <laughs> <laughs> that's where is it compared to your book? It's uh, right behind, right my- behind your book. But <laughs> if you have a chance, go go seek out the MC5 documentary, True Testimonial. It is one of the greatest rock oh, documentaries yeah, it is. It that, is. It, that you'll ever see. Wait, time out, Barry. How cool is it that I'm sandwiched between Blondie and MC5 in sales? <laughs> right, that's, that's four. Three. <laughs> is it four? Okay, you're almost there. All right, we're at the last song in the record is Garage Land. Yeah, we're in... Uh, <laughs> it's... um. Garage bands, you know, he's talking about. Oh yeah, but it was inspired. Did you see? It was inspired by a specific review that uh, NME critic Charles uh, Shar Murray. He reviewed one of their uh, their third ever live show uh, at uh, Screen on the Green. Go back, and to the he garage. said <laughs> the sort of garage band who should be speedily returned to the garage, <laughs> preferably with the motor running. Uh, oh, nice so carbon monoxide, reference. making sure it's effective. Yeah, yeah. So this people is ringing totally up, that. making offers for my life. I just want to stay in the garage. And then there's a sweet line. I just want to stay in the garage all night night, because he likes playing music. This is my favorite song on the whole album. Is it really? It's actually one of my top ten. If I made a list of the tens of thousands of songs that I know. It's top Garage 10. Land would be in my top ten. So this this speaks to you. Well, it is. It's because it's just about the the innocent. Really, what what yeah. punk originally was was just yeah. about you know doing your own thing, the feeling, playing it, and not giving a shit about what everyone Which thinks is, about. And you. there's an interesting thing is that Joe Strummer in the 101ers is um, more polished than he is in the Clash. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, he definitely transformed into the character, uh, the Joe Strummer, the punk. Um, and went for it 100%. Because in the one one it's much more like, it's, um, it's, you know, all the, he hits all the notes and everything is clean because it wasn't punk rock. But now, you know, once he has a chance to, um, uh, get gritty and rough, he goes for it. Uh, last song on the record. And this song, so... Joey, wouldn't you agree this song kind of also has a d- different sound than the rest of the record? Like a different, it's kind of a different type of song than the rest of the record. It's, it's more, more pop. More yeah, poppy. It's more pop. It's a, but it's a clash and, punk and, yeah. version of pop. And I feel like this unpunk, the unpunk sound of the song, the fact that it's the last song was almost like a, a telegraphing the fact that they were moving uh, on. Yeah. That's pretty right. deep. Did. That's right. pretty deep. Right, but I yeah. feel like that. I feel like they, because, you know, there was a reason they put songs, you know, where they are on the record. And I think the reason this is the last song on the record is showing you, okay. We're moving on. We're moving on. Exactly. That's what I feel. And they did. And they did. And they did. All right, man. So we did it. We did the first class Record, which is a just U.S. A, version. The U.S. version, even though it's comprised of like stuff from chronologically different, it's still a Stone Cold classic. Album. Oh, Stone Cold! And I'm sure all three of us could say that it's 
great totally influential. The, the yeah, rest very much so. This was my to. It was my gateway album for sure. It was your yeah. gateway, yeah, and, and and mine too, I think. And just uh, I'll still listen. To it. I didn't. I didn't have to listen to it for this thing because I feel like Me I listened either, to it but so I much. Did. I didn't, but yeah, I did. But I did. And uh, you yeah. still, it's just so great. I was like, so yeah, I know this. It. I know this song backwards and forwards and upside down. So all right. So thanks again, Joey, for coming. Don't forget the awesome. drummer. Yeah, the drummer. And you have a you have a book signing coming up. So for you local people, what is the date of that? October twenty seventh at Books and Books in Coral Gables at seven p.m. You'll awesome. hear the story of Joey Maya. If Joey you couldn't Maya. hear it over Rob's phone ringing, that was oh, shit. October twenty seventh. <laughs> what time? October twenty seventh at seven p.m. at Books and Books in, in Coral, Coral Gables. Gables. All right. Well, thanks again for being the making. On the it's the making of the book. Yes, and it, I'll be there. It's I'll the be story behind the story. All right, that's it. <laughs> said five, right? <laughs> that's it. Number five. All right. What are we doing next year? Uh, next year, next week. Better. Is TJ next? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even know. <laughs> Is she? You don't remember? Or is it no? Is it Laser Wolf next week? No, it's no, not Laser Wolf. We don't know. We're just hold on, hold see. on. We You'll gotta look see. it up. Hold on, we gotta look it up. <laughs> All right, there let me mention uh, Patreon. Go to our Patreon. Patreon. Uh, we suck, by the way. Just let me just clarify. <laughs> we suck. He works at the airport, and I work in Fort Lauderdale, downtown Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/trgmh. Oh, um, you're right. How can that be a month since Laser Wolf? I know. Next week, Laser Wolf, baby, with Mark Dubin. We're doing. He's been arrested uh, 15 times. Too much. Too or to much. jail 15 times. His daughters could be listening to this, goddammit, Barry. He, he, they were there when he was saying it on mic at, right. at, the, at the brewery. Too much, too soon. The New, York Dolls. New York Dolls record. Not, yeah. He went for the. He know, went for yeah. it. Well, he's a complicated guy. Much like <laughs> Joey Maya, he's a complicated guy. But he didn't write. He, he will write a book one day, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Maybe Somebody he'll write be, a book about yeah, him. Maybe it'll be right in between Wayne Kramer and Blondie, too. <laughs> right, right from a, a prison cell. All right, well, thanks again, uh, Joey. Thank you, Robin, yes, thank for you, Joey. sitting there so nice and quiet. That's she Barry. didn't say one word. Come on. <laughs> That's Barry Stock. There we go. That's Rob Elba. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.